Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Season 3 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with author Rebecca Hefner, a.k.a. Isla Ashler. So welcome to the podcast, Rebecca. How are you doing today? Thank you. I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. And it's, you know, you write Rebecca, you write PNR under Rebecca, and then you write contemporary under Isla. So we're going to have a lot of different fun conversations as far as characters (laughs) and all that fun stuff and ideas. But uh, why don't we we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing and how you got started? Sure. So um, yeah, so again, thanks for having me. This is I I love doing podcasts and definitely ones focused on audiobooks because I love audiobooks. So this is I'm so happy to be here. So um, yeah, so I uh, live right outside of New York City along the Hudson River in New Jersey. And um, I actually grew up in Western North Carolina, but I moved up to the New York City area when I graduated college. So I've been here for a little bit over half my life now. (laughs) So yeah, I was in corporate America for quite a long time. I mean, many years, you know, over a decade. And I always loved reading. And um, I was actually a sales rep. So I loved listening to audiobooks because I drove all the time. And I um, always wanted to become an author and tell my own stories. So Four year, about four years ago, I published my first book in um, November of 2018, and that was The End of Hatred, and that is the first book in my paranormal romance series, Etheria's Earth, and uh, yeah, ever since then, I actually saved up a bunch of money at my corporate job so I could leave and become a full-time <laughs> author, so I love it. I, that's what I do now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so I've been an author for about four years, almost four mm-hmm. years, yeah. So you started writing paranormal under your, your name, Rebecca, and, mm-hmm. but then you also started writing contemporary under Isla. How did that come into play for you? Yes. So I, so the end of hatred and that whole, my whole sort of world that I built for under my paranormal romance series, um, I, that had been in my head for a long time. I actually started writing the end of hatred back in 2003. And I actually have, that's when I got it copywritten was back in 2003. So, I mean, I have had that book you know, on the burner for a long time and I'd worked on it and worked on it during my years as a corporate sales rep. And so when I, you know, eventually decided to publish and find an editor and everything, that was definitely the first book I was going to publish. Um, and I published a couple of books under Rebecca in that series. And then I wrote book one under Rebecca in another series. And then I just decided that I wanted to try something new. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to write contemporary romance because I love fantasy and sci-fi romance. Um, but I had this, I just had this idea that came into my head of like a fake relationship story. That's one of my favorite tropes. Um, between these two people who lived in Manhattan and that they were going to take each other home for fake dates for Christmas. And I was like, you know what, I'll write it. I'll keep it short, you know, around 40,000 words and I'll see, I'll I'll just publish it under this other pen name and see if people like it. So that's what I did. I didn't claim Isla Asher in the beginning. And I published my first book under that name, his holiday pact. And I was like, okay, if people don't like it, then no one will know it's me. (laughs) So that's kind of how that came about. But the good news is that, uh, knock on wood, I mean, I published that one in um, November of 2019, I believe. So uh, the good news is that that one had um, 
a good feedback. And I had people reaching out to me, like asking if I had other books and I was like, Oh, good. So I'll tell people I'm Rebecca and they could read those books. And then I guess I'll continue to write more books under Isla. So I eventually started claiming both pen names together just because, and yes, Rebecca is a pen name as well, but that's my main pen name. Um, but I decided that I would claim them both together. And that way, you know, people would know it was me. And if they only read contemporary, they can read my Isla stuff. If they only read PNR fantasy romance, they can read my Rebecca stuff. And if they read all genres of romance, which is I read all genres of romance, then mm-hmm. they can read everything under both names if they like. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's like two camps when it comes down from an from an author's perspective about those pseudonyms. Some um will do a separate name for separate genres and are quiet about it. Mm-hmm. Others mm-hmm. will are are like, I would write everything under the one but just to keep branding differently too that's when they separate but they yell it out the mountaintop so they're the same individual mm-hmm. and and that way they're the the readers will fall into the i love your writing style i don't care what it is right and so that's where so i'm kind of glad that you're doing that way and, and that way people that are love like i love pnr but sometimes i hey. want a contemporary <laughs> you know yes. and so or then i'm in a bunch of my, my contemporary moves but then i'm like but i want my shifter and right. then i go back <laughs> yes <laughs> and i fall in love with the writing style of the author how either how they build the world or how they create the characters and so having that option to jump around and still have the same love with that author i'm like yay right yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm the same way yeah i like it or sometimes like you'll find out that somebody writes under a different name and you're like oh i didn't know that was them yes. i'm gonna read all the stuff under their name <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's, I think like, cool. oh, yeah. you are keeping a secret. How dare you? Yeah, I know. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a fun moment when that happens. The listeners get all excited and they're like, but we just want more. And I'm like, I yeah. know, I know. And that's, it's, you know, sometimes the, the, the readers and the listeners can get into trouble a little bit sometimes when the pseudonym is not being shelled, you know, yelled out by the mountaintop yes. and <laughs> the narrators for whatever reason wants. And I literally always say for whatever reason, because it's none of our business. We just have to respect them mm-hmm. as to why they want to keep a real name or a separate pseudonyms, um, you know, separate. And, and a lot of the listeners would tell me, but Viviana, I just love their voice and I want mm-hmm. more. And I'm like, I understand that. But just because I want the whole damn cake doesn't mean I get to eat it. Right. <laughs> you know? that, yes, very true. <laughs> you know, or that I should get in healthy. Mm-hmm. So I go, we just got to go. If you happen to come across it, that's one thing, but keep it private, you know, get excited or listen and endure, but don't be sharing it out there. So, but you yes. are, you know, shouting it from the mountaintop. So listeners and readers can get a little bit of everything from the PNR to the contemporary. Um, so that's yes. good. In your PNR world, do you focus specifically on the type of paranormal um, character, the shifters, what you know, um, and vampires, aliens, oh my, um, or do you just write the gamut? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a great question. So, because I know there's so many subgenres of PNR out there now, right? There's like the blue aliens, and the, there's everything. Um, okay, so for Ethereum's Earth, which is my flagship series, um, that is a um, so basically, Ethereum's Earth is a parallel Earth to ours where humans exist, but they exist separately from the immortals. And the immortals are comprised of vampires and slayers. But it's I created this whole mythology where the 
the vampires were created by this goddess Etheria, um, the vampires and the slayers, and they lived in peace for a long time and they were made to be codependent upon each other. So the vampires had to drink the slayers blood for sustenance instead of eating food. That was their food. That's what they ate. And in return, they protected the slayers. And then a lot of stuff goes down and the vampires and the slayers fall into war. Now you can imagine how um, awful this is because the vampires need slayer blood to survive. So they fall into this terrible war and the vampires start raiding the slayer compounds to, um, to basically, you know, kidnap slayer soldiers so that they can eat (laughs) and this goes on for a thousand years and basically where book one picks up is and that's the book that I wrote forever before I finally like got the nerve to publish it is um, Miranda who's the princess of the slayers and Satan who is the king of the vampires they have a common enemy who's this really bad guy named uh, Crimeus he's the dark lord of the demons and they decide that they're going to team up even though their species are at war and just hate each other, but there is just a, the bigger threat now is from the king of the demons. So they decide they're going to team up and work together and try to defeat this. There's like a prophecy and, you know, anyway, so they have to fulfill the prophecy to beat this really bad guy. And as they're working together to beat this bad guy, they, it's very enemies to lovers. Like they start to realize that they could maybe, maybe work together to bring the species back together and end the war between their own species. So that's basically book one. And then everything else in the series goes from there. I I now have um, seven, well, I, I actually have 11 or 12 books in the series because I have a bunch of novellas that come in between the main books so yeah so the entire series is based off of that first book and you just continue to follow the vampires and the slayers and there's like a lot of twists and secret children from bad guys who you didn't know were there and yeah basically the series just evolves from there and is still going strong (laughs) so great and and so when it comes down now to your contemporary what's uh what type because you know that the contemporary is a subgenre of romance but now we get into either the sub subs of the the, where it's like small (laughs) town and a lot of people call them tropes but there's a difference too if there's a type of you know when it's a small town versus a rom-com and things like that those are i think are still subgenres where the tropes are the enemies to lovers and things yes. like that. So where do you yes. where does a Isla fit into there for yes. her contemporaries? That's a good point. So so under Isla, I have nine books currently. Um, so I have a trilogy that's based in Manhattan, and that one is just um, they're fun, pretty short stories, and they're all holiday based. So book one is a um, uh, fake dating story, and book two has a male virgin. I love male virgins. I write about them. I have like several books of male virgins, um, and that's a Valentine's based story. And then book three um, is a secret baby story, and that's based around Independence Day. Um, so that's a completed trilogy. And then I have a six book series. It's a complete small town romance series, and that is based in um, this town I made up in Pennsylvania called Arter Creek. 
and it is comprised of um, each book is a is a different couple, but we kind of meet them all along the way, and you see the characters from the from the town and all the other books, and it's mostly characters in their late thirties uh, up into their mid or late forties because I'm in my mid forties and I think that we deserve steamy romance too. Yes, um, thank so, you. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so yeah, so the Arter Creek uh, series is I love that one because it's steamy romance with you know characters in their late thirties and forties. And, um, just, yeah, it's just, it's like, I, I don't, I wouldn't say it's a rom-com. I mean, I do kind of like tackle some heavy, t- uh, uh, topics in, in that series, but it's also lighthearted. It's also, I mean, in book one, it's a grumpy sunshine. Like he's a widower. Um, and this woman moves to town and they just are like both like sh- her fiance cheated on her. So they both are like, we don't need love. We're over it. But then she hires him to re- to renovate her house. That one's called Hard to Reclaim. So, you know, it's the grumpy sunshine and we all know where that one's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of, it's a lot of that throughout the series. Yeah. yeah and again, something for everybody. And, yes. you know, it's just, I think that's also why I love romance is that yes. you will find something that you love, whether it's the, part of the subgenre, whether it's a trope, um, a shifter type, a king type. I mean, there's everything. So <laughs> yes, exactly. There's something for everybody out there. Yeah. But what drew you to writing both the paranormal side of things and also the contemporary? What is it about those genres that you're like, I love it so much? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, oh, totally. So, I mean, like, I think like most authors, I was an avid reader, like we all are. Right. Um, and I fell in love with J.R. Ward's Black Dagger <gasps> Brotherhood. <Me> yes. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. When I read Dark Lover years ago, I was just like, what? This series is so, I used to buy it when like the hardbacks came out. I was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was so into it. And I mean, I still read it today, but I don't have as much time to read anymore, but that series, I just, yeah, loved it. So I was like, if I ever write anything, I want to create, like she, you know, she created a whole world and all this, they have their own mythology and stuff. And I was like, if I ever write something, I want to create my own world and do all that. So that was definitely an influence in that for sure. Yeah. Okay. And on the contemporary side? Yeah, I think the contemporary, I mean, I used to just kind of like sneak into my mom's bedroom and read all her Nora <laughs> Roberts books when I was younger. And like, I loved like the trophy, you know, sort of um, uh, category romances that Nora Roberts used to write. And yeah, I think those, like, like my Isla Asher books are more, um, yeah, they just allow me to just ex- to write just kind of tropey stuff that, you know, there's no world building. It's, they're definitely easier to write because, you know, I, I mean, I also wrote a time travel series under Rebecca. It's like, it's, it's like a uh, um, dystopian, you know, anti uh, post-apocalyptic, you know, time travel series. And that like required so much research and so much um, I needed like age calculators and stuff because they travel through time. So then when I write one of these, you know, small town romances under Isla, it's just kind of, I like the, um, the sort of the ease and the joy of just knowing that there are two people, they have a conflict, they're going to work out the conflict, they're going to have some steamy times, and then we're going to get an AGA. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. it's um, funny you mentioned uh, Jarrah Ward. I love her uh, Black Dagger Brotherhood. But at the same time, yes. as I'm discovering her years ago, I picked up this other book by Jessica Bird, and it's a contemporary. Mm-hmm. Jarrah Ward is Jessica Bird. 
And, <laughs> and, and I fell in love with the writing style again. And I'm like, that's yeah. great. And then when I discovered that they were one in the same, and now she has, I think she republished them under GR Ward writing as Jessica Bird. And oh, nice. Yes. And so, you know, it was like small town, you know, I think there were siblings. And so it's like three or four books in that series based on one each nice. of the siblings. And so again, straddling both worlds. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. To yeah. find stuff like that out. And then, yeah, if you like an author's writing style, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, it's, you can write different stories, but your style is going to, still going to come through whether you're writing a fantasy romance or a contemporary romance. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's where, you know, the writing style is important too, because are they good at world building? How are their character developments? Um, are they, keeping because for me timeline too especially when it comes down to that jumping in time and I'm like but if in yes. 1999 she was 17 <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh yes my Rebecca books that require so much because as I've gotten more into my um paranormal romance series too you know they they the humans end up discovering them so they they sort of have to like go back and forth between the human world eventually and like that requires time calculators too because I have to make sure that the immortals are speaking to the human that they met 10 years ago. And that human is now this age. Yeah. Th that requires a lot of forethought. You have to really make sure you plan that stuff out, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's all those things. I mean, um, a lot of people say, Oh, writing is easy. And I'm like, well, it, it's, it depends on the individual, but there's also a lot of to it and, you know, continue yes. continuation and keeping things that if the hero had green eyes in chapter one, that he still has green eyes in chapter five and yeah. so on and so forth, <laughs> you know, definitely <laughs> it's very important. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So where do you get your ideas for the, for the stories? Um, I think you know, I like to, I like to think about the stories kind of at night when I'm falling asleep and I, it's usually that the characters will come to me. And then, you know, once the characters come to me, then I can figure out how I want to have them interact together. And then I sort of just kind of like, yeah, just like imagine scenes in my head and then I'll write them down and kind of make the books from there. I mean, I, that's, that's really it. I sort of, I'm a very, like, I like to imagine the scene in my head first before I write it. I, th I feel like it makes it flow easier. Mm -hmm. oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Versus just stand staring at the screen or the paper yeah. depending on how you do it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And, and so we were going in the far as the process goes. So now you have the idea, you know what you're going to be writing. Is there a type of scene that you get really excited about writing, whether it's the first time that they, the heron and the heron meet on the page, even though they may have a long history of, you know, fill in the blanks, hatred, love, or whatever, family feuds, or, you know, a bantering scene? What type of scene do you love to write? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. So, I mean, I definitely, the banter I love, I mean, that's definitely fun. That's definitely fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I do love writing the steamy scenes. I just, they're fun and they're like, I don't know. It's just nice to like, I just, I mean, I, the steam, I love the steamy scenes because I feel like there's, that is like the ultimate connection between your characters. Right. So yeah. So yeah, the banter scenes, the steamy scenes, and I, I love writing inner dialogue. I mean, I do write quite a bit of inner dialogue for my characters. And I know some authors really like to do that. And some, I mean, you know, I obviously have a lot of dialogue on the page as well, but 
I like to know, I write third person point of view. So you know what she's thinking, then you know what he's thinking. And then when they come together and then have that dialogue on the page, you already kind of know what they've thought in their head. So I love that. I love being able to know what each of them are thinking as they're having this conversation. And you as the reader, I feel like then you've, you're kind of privy to stuff that they're not saying on the page. I just mm. love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So on the flip side, because when we have a favorite, we have a not so favorite. What are those scenes that you might even go as far as going, we'll write this part later <laughs> and continue yes. with the story? Oh my God. Yes. I do. I do write out of order. I just, it's just easier for me to do it that way. But so because I do write out of order, the connecting scenes are just my le- definitely my least favorite to write. So like I'm, I'm working on a theories earthbreak seven right now. And I've written a lot of the um, scenes where the, hero and heroine have had interactions and now I'm at the point where I have to go back and write connecting scenes in between those and you have to do it because otherwise your story is not going to have continuity right it's like we all need this um and I'm not a super descriptive writer like I don't need to tell people like that the leaves were orange and brown and yellow like I'm it's you're not going to get that you're going to get that there was a tree. <laughs> like I, I don't, I would rather shoot forward and, and put dialogue on the page than do a description. Like that's super intricate. Cause I think that can get to the point of boring as you're reading. Um, but yeah, the connecting scenes of giving the logistics of how they got from here, they got from this scene to this scene. Those are always the toughest, but you know, you got to do it. <laughs> and my editor is good. My editor is good at she'll say, I love her because she'll say, I need more, a little bit more description in this scene. She, so she's, she knows I write out of order and she's like, look, both of these bracketing scenes are great, but you need to like, give me a little bit more in here. And then sometimes she'll say, you gave me too much in this connecting scene. I'm bored. <laughs> so <laughs> I love her because she'll, she sort of helps me figure that out, which is nice. <laughs> True. At least there's that, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's important to have your team that will not only tell you where it's awesome, but also say, you know, I love you, but. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because if not, you'll get hit with that, but in a not so nice way on a review. (laughs) Right. I would rather get it from my editor who I love and trust. And she's my friend, but she's also very, um, you know, unflailingly honest, which I love. I mean, that that's what you need. You know, when I, I always, I have, I, you know, I always say this to authors, newer authors who are starting out who maybe use beta readers and they'll come on TikTok, you know, and they'll say, oh, all my beta readers loved my story. I just, I want to reach out to them and say, that's not good because if they're not giving you any constructive feedback, that's not a good beta reader. They should be giving you something that you can work with to make your story better. Exactly. Yep. Again, and it's, it's part of that conversation and how you deliver the message and, Mm -hmm. and just being, you know, there's a difference between being mean and a bitch Mm -hmm. to somebody versus saying, you know, I love you. Yeah. But he had green eyes in the first chapter and right. now he has blue eyes. So did I miss where she, you know, the, the, I thought I was reading the contemporary, not the shifter one. So right. correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's yeah, there's always something that can be improved from a first draft. That's, you know, and that's, that doesn't mean you're a bad writer. I mean, no. it's gonna, like you said, it'll, yeah, it'll help you. You definitely don't want a reviewer putting that down. You'd rather hear it from your 
editor or beta reader or whatever you choose to use, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and also, I think a lot of authors have this where they're in their head of the story. And even if they're written, written it out in the draft, you're going to then go back and you're not really looking so much for grammatical errors or that inconsistency, but you're looking more on the multiple drafts that things flow well, that it wasn't a skipping of a scene where why are they making out? I forgot how they got there, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Whereas because you're so engrossed in it that you're filling in the mistakes or the right. errors in your head and not really doing it on the page, which is where the beta readers come into play and the proofers and all that fun stuff. Exactly. So yeah, because exactly. you're a little away from there. So, you know, it's okay mm-hmm. to do a three-star review. I personally think three is good. It means it's a solid story and I liked it. Yeah, I just love getting a review. I mean, listen, let us like either way for me, like leave me whatever stars you want. I just want to hear what you thought of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. and it's not how to be smoke up their asses. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah well i mean uh, there's been times too where i've listened to you know the reviewers are like oh my god it's a five star and i go did we read the same book and i know <laughs> that a, a you know a review is basically just uh, an opinion and we are right. allowed to have defensive opinions and things like that but when that review also includes some of the stuff and i'm going no 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 no, no. that was not the good part <laughs> right <laughs> there was something and so that's where you know, sometimes the reviews get skewed for some of the readers and they're going, what's that one star or that three star or two stars say? Ah, okay. It was a good story, but there was a little bit of, you know, lack of character development. Okay. I can deal with that. And then I'll pick it up. Right. And stuff like that. So, and that's helpful for the author because you're like, oh, I did forget to mention that part. Didn't I? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's fix, update your Kindle files. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? You're like, please update that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. You've written the books. You have them out. People are loving it. That next step of, hmm, I should make these into audio. How did that come up, you know, come to you? Aside from being obviously an audiobook lover and a listener, but it's different when it's your work. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. For sure. Well, so that, so I made the commitment to myself when I decided to do this, that I would make all of my books and audiobooks because I, I don't know if I honestly would have like gotten through the day in my sales job, if I didn't have audiobooks, they really brought me so much pleasure. I just, and most of the books I listened to were romance books, but I do like nonfiction and stuff like that too. But I always had an audiobook on and I just knew that if I was really going to do this, there, I mean, I wasn't even going to wait until the books were profitable. I was just going to like make audiobooks and I was going to figure out how to do it. And I was going to teach myself and the end, like there was no question. So yeah. So as soon as I published the end of hatred and the elusive sun, which are books one and two in my series, I started looking for a narrator. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I didn't want to sell my rights. I knew I wanted to do it all myself. And I also had saved up a lot of money in corporate America because I knew it was going to be expensive. Um, and I was going to just finance them myself. And I was like, you know what? It's an investment I'm making in my author business. And eventually I'll pay for it once. And, you know, I might have to sell a major organ, but, um, <laughs> but that, once they're done, they're done. And then I'll just eventually recoup the, you know, the outlay to it, however long it takes. Yes. Yeah, so I started making everything into audiobooks. My first narrator I found, he had narrated a couple of nonfiction books, but he had never narrated fiction books. And so he was in school to become a preacher and he auditioned. Hmm. 
expected to read my steamy paranormal audiobooks. I loved him. He, like I had maybe like 15 people audition, but he was the best. I knew I wanted a male narrator because I loved J.R. Ward's narrators. So I was like, okay, I'm going to find a male narrator. And I, so I wrote him and I said, listen, I love your voice and I'm happy to hire you, but I see that you're in seminary school and this is a book that has <laughs> cursing and open door sex scenes. Like, uh, are you okay with this? And he was so funny. He wrote back, well, God knows I have to pay my bills. <laughs> like, okay. um, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So his name uh, is Devin Wilcox and he narrated the first many books of my, I think the first five books in my series. And he, I love his voice. It's very deep, but he's not a famous narrator. I wasn't, I mean, I did, I didn't, for my first books, I just didn't have enough money to hire well-known narrators because I, I wanted to do a lower cost. Um, so I knew I would have to hire an unknown narrator. Um, eventually he got engaged and he and his fiance opened a photography business. So he kind of retired from narrating. So I don't use them anymore, but I, my books are still out there that he did and I love him. So then when I decided, so now I had more Aetherius Earth books coming out. So I needed to find another narrator. I wanted to find one that kind of sounded like him. So I, I didn't like jar my listeners. Um, and then for my Isla Asher books, I decided that was when I decided, I, knowing contemporary, knowing how popular duet narration was, I decided I would spend more for that, for those audiobooks. They were, they're a little bit shorter than my paranormal romance books and that I would search for a popular duet narration team to do those. So that's when I found Kai Kennecott and Wynn Ross and they're amazing and I love working with them. So they narrate all of my Isla Astro books and Wynn actually narrated book six in my Aetherius Earth series, my paranormal romance series, because that was when Devin had retired and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And Wynn was is amazing. He was like, I'll do that one for you too. And I was like, you're awesome. <laughs> so he yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> that one. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So, you know, I have all my books and my sci-fi trilogy that I wrote the time travel one. I hired Heather Firth to do that one. And she solo narrates that one, but she is, I mean, I think she was an actress before she became a narrator that her narration is amazing on that trilogy. I, I was so blown away by her. So yeah, I've worked with quite a few different narrators now. And yeah, as soon as I publish an ebook, it's already in production. I mean, I actually start producing the audiobook before I publish the ebooks. I'm opposite of most indie authors. And that's actually, I, I tell most indie authors, like, don't, you know, sometimes it's better to make, to have the ebook be profitable before you make the audiobook. I just was, I had worked very hard to save up the finances to be able to pay for the audiobook. So, because that wasn't part of my plan, that was part of my like strategy of becoming an author. So yeah, as soon as, um, like I'm about to get a book back from my proofreader in my PNR series. And as soon as I get it back from her, I will start, I will reach out to my narrator and have him start on that before I even have the ebook up for pre-order. So yeah. <laughs> yeah no i mean there's a lot of um moving pieces in the background yeah it comes down to getting the productions of an audiobook done and i know that a lot of the listeners get upset when the ebook comes out or even the paperback that's still a different formatting kind of concept but they're like but what about us and i'm like she you know sometimes the dead some authors have you know right by the seat of their pants and when the story gets done the story gets done and then there's and then they'll immediately publish it Others will 
story gets done, story gets done, but we'll schedule the publishing out based on other things that are going on. And, but also when it comes down to booking the narrators, they're busy. They have other jobs that's inclusive of narration. So you kind of have to be like, hey, when, when are you available? <laughs> yes, you know? exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to work around their schedule and yeah, I mean, it's, there's, like you said, there's so much that goes into it. So I would, I would love to do a simultaneous release for ebook and audiobook on every single book I do, but it's just not possible. Um, I, I do them for some, but you can't do it for all of them and yeah. for me yet. <laughs> I mean, honestly, as long as I get it, I'm fine. I will yeah, rest. there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. I will survive. As the song right. says, I will survive. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's when it's I start coming. asking that, okay, so I know I'm not going to get the audio right now, but who's being cast right. <laughs> and so it's like little little teasers kind of start coming through I'm like okay I'm good with that yes. you know <laughs> that's a good point yeah you can at least get the you know get the scoop <laughs> yes exactly so those are those yeah. moments where you're going okay okay don't know when it's coming out yet but who have you cast <laughs> okay good yes. you know little things like that that really make um the listeners excited you know so you kind of touched on it a little bit about the differences like between a popular narrator versus a not so popular narrator. But now that you've been doing this for a while, do you feel more about ensuring that the narrator is the right fit for the character versus a known name versus a non-known name? You know? Yes. I yes. So I mean, I still I think for as long as I'm writing my theories or series, I will always have so I've, I've used three male narrators for that series now, Devin, Wynn, and I also use um, Zachary Zaba, who also just has, a, again, I love his voice. He's not, po- he's not super popular or famous, but he has done a lot of audiobooks actually. And I, I love his voice. So yeah, I, yeah, I think it's like getting the tone right for the series. So for that series, I like having a deep male narrator who can also voice female characters. And that's not easy to find, right? Um, yeah, so it, it is definitely um, tough to find. And so now that I've worked with these three and we'll continue to work with them, I, I like I couldn't imagine ever, you know, hiring a female narrator for that series because I think it's the tone I've said is that it will always have a male narrator. Um, and I like it that way because it's a it's a kind of a dark, it's not a dark romance series, but it's got dark themes. I think that's why I like the deep male voice. So yeah, for me, it's about getting the tone the tone, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of yeah. authors that are that are starting the process of audiobooks will get discouraged because they can't afford a top fill in the blank, top of the line narrator. And I'm like, well, would they have even been a true fit for your character? Yeah. And, that's a good question. Yeah. And on with that, okay, so what is it about that top popular narrator's voice that you like? Right. Because there is a bunch of up and coming narrators that might have a larger range, might have right. a better range, might have, you know, the female character, if it's if they're male and they're doing, you know, femme characters, they're, you know, they're how they do their female characters are going to be different than perhaps that popular narrator and might yes. be better. And, and, and those are the questions that I like to have with the authors when it comes down to casting and things like that, because that whole concept of, oh, but I need to have, you know, top of the line male, you know, and female narrator. I'm like, it's great. They're awesome. Will they help sell the right. books by having their name on there? Perhaps. But right. um, are they truly a good fit for your characters? And also, 
other aspects of the business from marketing? And are they going to tell their listeners that they're reading this book for, for the author? Or they're just going to let it slide, you know, so all these different factors. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Those are all such good points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. These are, you have to really think about these things as an author. I mean, listen, everybody wants to use Joe Arden and Andy Arndt and like, I get it. Right. Like they're super popular, but also, yeah, they might not be the right fit for, you know, if your character is supposed to have a sultry voice and this narrator is known for having a, like a, uh, you know, Girl next a door. fun, yeah. yeah, like it's a different, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that they fit. So yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right about that. Exactly. And there's also sometimes too, that we like the listeners like variety. I, yes. I mean, I love Andy Arndt. She's great. She's very talented, but when every author is casting her for every book after a while, I'm going, I think I'm just going to eyeball read it. Right. Um, or not, or not read it at all. Because, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm going to try this new narrator. And yeah. I recently had a conversation with like Meg Price and I'm like, oh my God, her voice. And it's a mixture of like a, a bit of that girl next door, but sultry and husky in mm. depending on how she does it. And I'm going, oh, I have some ideas nice. for casting girl. Okay. So... You know? Yeah. And those are the things yeah. that, you know, I love that when you're listening to a story and you're getting a brand new story in your earbuds, but you're also getting a really talented voice in the ear, but it's telling you the story, but also has the acting background and has the experience and it's a brand new voice. Yes. hundred so. percent. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And you're going to actually get to meet Meg and a bunch of other narrators at Allure when you're going to go there yes. in September. Are you excited about going? Yeah. <laughs> oh, super excited. And obviously since I love audiobooks so much, this was the perfect signing for me. I mean, I'm doing quite a few signings this year, but like, yeah, I was like, uh, audiobook signing, please sign me up. I'm in. What do I need to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the, first of its, it's the first of its kind as far as focusing specifically just on audiobooks. Uh, the other yeah. book signings um, have recently realized that there is a audience that will attend conventions and space like that when the narrators and the audio and the authors that also include audiobooks are part of that lineup and so when a lord came up um i think they had announced it almost a year and a half almost two years at this point that they were going to be focused on this i was so excited and right? now it's literally around the corner and... it's so close <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like having realization that you still have yet to buy your plane ticket <laughs> i know i haven't bought my ticket yet i know uh, i'm gonna wait i could i'm not the only month, one okay good. right oh. I know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I got my slapper dress and my my gala for the fire and ice dress done. Awesome. Not the flight that's going to get me there. (laughs) Right. Right. I know. And it's it's so worrisome with the way flights are being canceled anyway. It's just, I don't know. It's crazy. (laughs) But you're going to be meeting so many brand new voices and talents, as well as uh, some of your peers that you, you know, you've, that you've met online or even in person before. And it's just going to be so much fun. Yeah, is, is I'm really excited about it. Yeah, but is there something specific that you're really looking forward to? I mean, they're having panels, they're having workshops, obviously the meet and greets with the listeners and the readers. What's what's that one thing that you're going, yes, this is why I'm going and this is going to be the thing. Just excited to meet, you know, people who love audiobooks too. And um, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm I, you know, I can't wait to go into the listening booths and listen to all the little samples they're going to have. It's yeah. going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been uh, the conversations I've had recently with everybody that's going, that's part of the excitement is also 
peopling a little bit but they're also scared of it oh yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. so exciting yeah it'll be fun I'm excited for you guys to to meet all these new voices and you know you know peers of authors and there's a, gonna be a bunch of production companies there or individuals that work in the industry as professional you know in yes. industry professionals so there's a lot of stuff that um many potential up and coming or even some that have been doing audiobooks for a while but did not know that they could do it this way yes that's gonna be fun definitely definitely so yeah i'm excited perfect so aside from going to the events signing you know getting the books out and writing them and then casting and all this other fun stuff um as far as the working side of things goes when you're not working what do you do for fun ah yes okay so, well, as an indie author, I work all the time. <laughs> so um, I wish someone had told me when I was in corporate America that I would be leaving. I thought I worked hard in that job. Right? This, this is like a whole other level, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I do, when I do have time, I have to make myself take, I mean, I work seven days a week, but I do sometimes make myself take a couple of hours off and do fun stuff. So I love, um, wine tastings. Mm -hmm. So I'll go do, I'll, I, you know, I, we have a lot of like nice restaurants around where I live that'll do wine tastings. Um, I love karaoke. So I'll go into the city and they, we have a lot of great karaoke bars in Manhattan, but I'll go sing with my friends. Um, what else? That's really it. I love to travel, but I haven't done that a lot, obviously, since the pandemic. Um, but I am actually going, my um, brother and his wife are having a bunch of people sort of gather at this like um, small town in Western North Carolina this weekend. So I'm actually taking a few days off. Well, I'll still be working, but I'm going to not working as much and I'm going to drive down there and go hang out with them for the awesome. weekend. So yeah, I like just kind of chilling and hanging out and drinking some wine, singing some karaoke. I'm pretty chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and those are also things that you can do all at, a lot of the stuff at the same time. You can drink the wine and karaoke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I love doing with my guests is to get to know them better because this can go so many different ways, depending on how <laughs> it's played out or the two truths and a lie. And okay. where you'll share three things about yourself, obviously two being true and one's a lie. And we have to figure out what that, which is the lie. And y'all have gotten creative on how to go about that, that I'm going, okay, what formula is she going to be using? And considering <laughs> that you write both PNR and contemporary, it could go either way here. So if you're ready <laughs> to share, All right. let me know what I, are those three things. I am ready. Okay. So two truths and a lie. Okay. So number one, uh, I went to space camp. Number two, I lived for a month in New Zealand. And number three, I once had a nun with my car. <gasps> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. So, well, yeah, she went from cute and sweet to, I might have hit a nun with the car. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, okay. 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 Hmm. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with that one being the lie. So should I reveal? Yes. What is the lie? 
Um, so the lie is that I lived in New Zealand for a month. I actually did live in Japan for a month, but not in New Zealand. <laughs> mm, see, see, see. So you hit on them with the car. No, <laughs> yes, I, right. So first of all, I did go to space camp when I was 14. That was really fun. I'm a big, I'm a big science dork. Um, and yes, I hit a nun with my car. When I was leaving a um, appointment at a hospital in Manhattan when I was in corporate medical sales. And the sun glare in Manhattan is awful anyway um but she wasn't wearing a habit she was actually wearing like a black hoodie like black sweatpants (laughs) and I turned around the corner I was going very very slow and I um the sun glare was terrible and I just did not see her and I hit her with my car she fell to the ground and I of course immediately pulled over and went over and I said oh my god are you okay are you okay and she said oh I'm fine like I helped her up and I I said do let's just take you into the hospital and get you know we'll get x-rays for you or whatever you need. And she goes, no, I'm fine. I live right there. And I, I was like, oh, right there. Like, well, that's a church. And she goes, yeah, I live at the rectory. I'm a nun. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to burn in hell. Yeah. So but anyway, she ended up being fine. And um, we actually wrote letters back and forth for a while after okay. that, because I wanted to make sure she was okay. So it ended up not being a disaster, but, okay. but I can always say that I Makes for a good story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I mean, I almost had a heart attack. Oh, oh God. So I happy am- she was okay. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, if you have not as of yet, I'm sure you'll one day write something like, angels and demons and she becomes yes. an angel and but she's like how did I become an angel I hit a nun with my car yes. <laughs> right it's like oh my god <laughs> yes oh that Crazy. was nothing girl you're good <laughs> okay perfect perfect <laughs> oh my goodness well that was um interesting yeah see how this is where I say you guys get tricky that you lived abroad <laughs> But it wasn't in New Zealand, it was in Japan, you know, so those little details are always what gets people sometimes and you're going, really? Okay, fine. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, talk about a story for dinner. Um, Yeah, yeah, one time. For (laughs) sure. Right. It definitely makes for a good story. Very few people, I think, could say that they've hit it on with their car. You know, right? Of course I have. (laughs) Only in movies or or paranormal, you know, books where there's that one time that, you know, they were running away from the demons and they hit. Yes. Yes. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. It's like, really? Like, stop. Y'all need to stop. So you all heard that evil laugh, right? You all heard that evil laugh. You just <laughs> I know, right? It's like, hmm. She's thinking of a scene. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you have to get your creativity from wherever you can, right? Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm all for that. <laughs> Before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and um, what's coming up next for you that you can share? Uh, sure. So I am currently working on Ethereum's Earth Book 7, um, which is good. I'm, I'm getting there on that one. It's taking me a little bit longer to write this one for some reason. But in the middle of that, I also I also just finished a novella, which is a, which will be Ethereum's Earth 7.5. That's going to be in a Christmas charity anthology. It's like a paranormal romance Christmas anthology. And the um, it's a charity. The proceeds will benefit Ukraine. So I'm excited about that. So 
that will come out. So I think I'll finish book seven, hopefully soon. And that'll go to my editor. So I, I think that'll come out um, in um, probably like September, October, if I can get my stuff together. And then I'm also writing a new series under Isla Asher, which I'm not giving a ton away about that yet. But um, yeah, I'm going to rapid release those. So I'll release a couple in a row for that. Yeah. So I, I think I'll have some new releases under both names in the October, November area. So perfect for some holiday reading. <laughs> fun. We love holiday readings. Yes. Mm. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, for sure. I've already seen a couple of my feed, you know, um, Christmas um, r- books coming out and I'm going, nice. oh yeah. Because yeah. again, it takes time to write them and then produce them into audio. So they have yes. to be done now. <laughs> Right. I know it's crazy that I'm, I'm, I was writing this Christmas novella that's go- going in this charity anthology and it's, it's, you know, a hundred degrees outside and I'm like, I cannot believe I'm writing a Christmas novella right now, but that's the time it takes to like, mm-hmm. produce things. And yeah. Yeah. I had a narrator friend saying, Viv, I am sweating my balls off literally <laughs> in the booth or, you know, narrating a Christmas book right. where there's snow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, it's a little nuts. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, know when it comes out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's nice down there. You're fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for taking the time to hang out with me. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person at Allure. It's been yes. so much fun. Thank you. I cannot wait to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. Thank you. And if you're not following Rebecca on social media, I will be providing you guys with all the links. So all you got to do is click and follow. And that information will be over at the episode's post at Viviana Enchanters of Books. And until next time, happy listenings. Thank you to all of our audiobook loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The Audiobook Loving Podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.